Welcome to the Stirring Hearts Podcast. My name is Lori Adams, and I'll be your host. I'm a wife, mom, and mima to four little angels. You know, in all the years that I've been in ministry, ministering to women has truly been my passion. The Lord has given me a heart to inspire, encourage, and impact women just like you. The Stirring Hearts Podcast is designed to stir up your heart into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. Jesus, the lover of your soul, not to stir your emotions, but to stir the spirit of God that dwells inside you. And by doing so, we will learn to live out the greatest commandment given to us by Jesus, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. My prayer is that your hunger for Jesus will go stronger every time you listen to this podcast. So join me today, sisters, as we stir our hearts for personal revival. Well, hey, sweet sister, welcome to episode six of the Stirring Hearts podcast. I am so thankful to have you here with me. You know, I just want to also thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It truly does mean so very much. You know, as we get closer and closer to the holiday season, the chaos in our lives can really ramp up. Well, my encouragement to us all is to be mindful of our time and what we really focus on. You know, it's so easy to get swept up in all the frenzy. Please make sure that you are daily pulling up your chair to the spiritual feast the Lord has prepared just for you. Give thanks for it. I mean, after all, this is the season of Thanksgiving. Ask the Lord to make it nourishing to your spirit. And as you intentionally do this every day, This holiday season can truly be what it's meant to be, seeing Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Prince of Peace coming to reconcile you and me to God the Father. (laughs) Sister, stir your heart in this way, and as you do, you will store up eternal treasures that will last into eternity. Oh, praise the Lord. All right, let's get started with today's message. The title of this podcast is broken and beautiful. Such opposite words, right? And yet, they can go hand in hand, especially when we are talking about spiritual things. Remember, the kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom when compared to this world's kingdom. So let's start with a very familiar story that most of you have probably heard, and you've possibly even heard several messages on it. Well, my prayer today is that the Holy Spirit would stir your heart and give you fresh eyes to see something maybe you have never seen before. With that said, here are the stirring verses and story. It's found in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Jesus anointed at Bethany. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Verse 6. 
Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole money for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Okay, we truly have so very much to unpack here. And like I said, you most likely have heard this story and possibly several messages about it. But stick with me. Settle in and let's see if the Holy Spirit will help you see something in this text that maybe you have not seen before. First, let's acknowledge that this story is also told in two other Gospels, Matthew 26 and Mark 14. Now, there is a story in Luke 7 that has a woman anointing Jesus. However, this is not the same story. That story took place in Galilee, and it was actually a different woman. I mean, it was a beautiful story, just not the same one that we are talking about today. Now, as we unpack these verses, I will actually be pulling information from all three accounts found in Matthew, Mark, and John. This truly is the best way to get a full picture of what's happening. We just read John's account. Here we go. I want to truly set the stage here. Now, as I'm describing all of this, I want you to get a picture in your mind's eye and place yourself right in the middle of the story. In John's gospel, this incident occurred right before Passion Week began. Six days before the Passover celebration, Jesus arrives in Bethany. Bethany is where Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, lived. It's only two miles from Jerusalem. Jesus has been in Bethany before, and he's been to their home. We are familiar with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. We have other stories and accounts from them with their time with Jesus. Now, not long before this event took place, Jesus had just risen Lazarus from the dead. As pilgrims arrived from all over for the Passover feast, the city of Jerusalem was buzzing with talk of this amazing miracle. Now, during Passover week, the population of Jerusalem increased from about 50,000 people to several hundred thousand people. You just get a sense of what's taking place with all the activity and all these descriptions. Now, let's start to bring the picture more into focus. We are now in the home of a man referred to as Simon the leper, told to us in Mark's account. I mean, talk about identity issues, Simon the leper. But truth be told, he was a former leper, as lepers were isolated from society. Matthew's gospel does say Simon, a man who previously had leprosy. I think we can presume with great certainty that Jesus must have healed him. So they are having this dinner party at his home in honor of Jesus. Now, we don't know exactly how many people are at this dinner. We do know that the disciples are there. Lazarus and his sister are there. I mean, who knows? Maybe there were people even outside the home waiting, just knowing Jesus was inside. Everyone wanted to be where Jesus was, especially after the raising of Lazarus from the dead. John tells us what each of these dinner guests were doing. Jesus and Lazarus were reclining at the table eating. 
Martha was serving. (laughs) No surprise there. Poor Martha. And Mary, well, she again is at the feet of Jesus. I hope you are getting this picture in your mind's eye. Here's how it unfolds using all three accounts found in Matthew, Mark, and John's gospel. While Jesus was eating, Mary takes a 12-ounce, beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke the beautiful jar and poured the entire amount, not only on Jesus's head, but his feet as well. And then she began wiping his feet with her hair. Let's just stop here for a moment. Can you see and hear what's taking place? Are you in the room witnessing this event? There are many things in this moment that can stir our senses. Can you hear the voices of all the people talking and eating? Maybe you even hear some laughter, the smell of food. And now here comes Mary. She comes to the feet of Jesus, breaks this beautiful alabaster jar that is filled with this very expensive perfume. Now the room is filled and permeated with this fragrance. Now this perfume was nard, a precious spice imported from North India. It was red and sweet. They tell us it smelled like gladiola perfume. This grand gesture had to have stopped everyone in their tracks. I mean, in my mind's eye, I see everyone stopping what they are doing. I mean, if Mary begins pouring this perfume on Jesus's head, He had to stop eating, you would think. Oh, I see Jesus turning and looking at Mary right into her eyes as she pours it over his head and then onto his feet. She humbly takes down her hair, which women in that culture did not do in public, and she began wiping his feet with it. We really have no idea how long this took, but we can assume several minutes must have gone by. I imagine the room being very quiet as this unfolded. And then abruptly, Judas Iscariot opens his mouth and calls Mary out. Back to our text. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, What a waste! That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold in the money given to the poor. I love what John inserts here in verse 6. John says this, Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Side note, this outburst of Judas is just an outward reality of what was going on inside his heart. He's annoyed at Mary, not only for the gesture of anointing love and worship, oh no, he's also mad that she wasted this on Jesus. I mean, can you imagine Then he tries to make it seem like he really does care by bringing up the poor. But Jesus sees right through him and he rebukes him. Mark's gospel says it this way, Mark 14, 6 through 9. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. 
I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Well, of course, Jesus was right. Here we are still talking about this amazing gesture of Mary's thousands of years later. So what do I mainly want you to see in this very familiar story? How is the title of this podcast, Broken and Beautiful, relevant to this story? Look, there's no doubt that what Mary poured out was this amazing, extravagant, and priceless offering. We know that. It was valued at a year's wages. That's just incredible to even think about. We can all understand that value. 12 ounces of perfume costing the amount it takes someone to work in a year's time. I mean, that is just insane. But I don't want to talk about the perfume. I want to talk about the alabaster jar itself. Listen to the information that I found on the internet about the alabaster jar. The alabaster jar was made of a hard marble stone, which was very difficult to break open. It had a long, narrow neck at the top and had a wax seal around it. It was sealed that way in order to keep the perfume fresh and pure. I mean, this makes sense as the contents in it were of immense value. It was designed to be opened only once by the breaking of the jar itself. It required intentionality. Scholars tell us that a young girl would be given this jar by her family when she reached marrying age. Then she would give it to her husband as a sign of her commitment and devotion to him. In a sense, it was her inheritance, a type of dowry. It was also a common practice among the Jews to prepare a body for burial with this fragrant ointment. Listen, no one in that room but Jesus knew what was about to happen to him in the next few days. How comforting this anointing must have been for him. I want you to really hear what I am about to say next. The broken part of Mary's extravagant worship and love included a complete surrender of her wealth, her reputation, her dignity, her pride, and concern for what others thought, especially as she took down her hair and used it to wipe the feet of Jesus. Once that neck and seal of the jar were broken, there was no turning back. The expensive perfume was in jeopardy of going bad unless it was used for something. It was no longer meant to remain in the jar. That breaking had purpose passion, and intentionality. That breaking was the start of something very beautiful. See, sister, it was customary to anoint guests in that time and culture with olive oil and possibly a mix of spices. However, this anointing, possibly unbeknownst to Mary, went much deeper and carried great prophetic meaning in that she was preparing Jesus for his upcoming burial. Another beautiful part of this anointing is that this fragrance would remain on Jesus until his death. But not only did it remain on Jesus, it remained on Mary as well, as she used her hair to wipe his feet. And it all started with the breaking. So what about you and me? 
How do you and I fit into this beautiful story? What can we see that will draw us closer to Jesus? Well, if we look at the alabaster jar as something that represents our lives, oh, we can see many spiritual truths. True saving faith calls us to be broken before Jesus and to die to self. Luke 9.23, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Sister, the cross we bear is the denying of self in every area of our lives and giving it to Jesus. We allow his presence to break sin and pride that we have in our lives. We come to the feet of Jesus daily, laying down our self-reliance in full surrender and pour out all that we hold dear. We hold nothing back. We empty ourselves completely with great intention. You know, the Lord will sometimes ask us to sacrifice in order to obey him. It's not always easy, but it is worth it. The release and sacrifice are nothing in comparison to the reward. And as we humbly do this, Jesus turns toward us and receives this beautiful act of worship, love, and obedience. This fragrant offering not only touches the heart of Jesus, but it also remains on you and on me. Listen to this quote. When we posture ourselves in obedience to the Lord, His kingdom can flow out of us into our surroundings, and we can fill the world around us with his peace, which brings healing and restoration to what is broken. We can spread the fragrance of Christ to a world in need. 2 Corinthians 2, 15-16 Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom, but to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. You see, sister, we must realize that many, many beautiful things can come from being broken. And it all started with Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5. But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or punishment for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Psalm 103, 2 through 3. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Jesus's body was broken and crushed for our peace. His blood poured out as an offering for our sins and spiritual deadness. He paid a great price for our physical, mental, and emotional healing. And all of it was a beautiful and fragrant offering before the Lord. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your Father as His beloved sons and daughters. 
and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. You know, Mary seemed to always choose the better thing. Given the opportunity, she continued to place herself at the feet of Jesus. She saw that as the most important thing. She poured out all she had with no hesitation, no turning back. She was all in. And as she broke this treasured alabaster jar filled with extremely expensive perfume, Mary began the unfolding of events both in the spiritual and physical realm. She was, by divine leading, preparing our Savior for burial. And for her personally, she was drawing a line in the sand as to her full love, devotion, worship, and surrender to her master, which in turn led to peace, healing, restoration, and a new beautiful life found only in Jesus. Sister, may I encourage you to hold nothing, and I mean nothing, back from Jesus. And the things that you are tempted to hold back, let them break at the feet of Jesus and in his presence. Pour it all out. And as you do, The fragrance of that offering will not only remain on you and impact you, but it will be a sweet-smelling, life-giving aroma to those around you. And sister, that is beautiful. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, oh, how we thank you for Jesus. May this familiar story stir something deep inside all of our hearts. I pray for this sweet sister listening to this podcast. Lord, I pray that you would help her to place herself daily at the feet of Jesus in worship, love, and surrender, holding nothing back. Help her to see that in true and humble brokenness, you alone can make all things beautiful. And it's all because of Jesus. And it's in his precious name, I pray. Amen. Well, that's all for today. Thanks so much for being here. I pray the Holy Spirit has truly stirred your heart and the intimacy between you and Jesus has grown deeper. Be sure to follow and download the Stirring Hearts podcast so you never miss an episode. We drop a new episode every week. You can also leave a review, which helps this podcast reach more women. And make sure to connect with me on social media and my website. The links are located in the show notes. May the Lord bless you and stir your heart as you diligently seek and love him. And remember, sister, you are never alone, and we are always better together.